Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP Magazine Podcast Radio. You're about to listen to a new episode of Audio Signals. Get ready to take a journey into the known, the unknown, and everything in between. Recorded at no specific point in time nor space, ITSP Magazine's co-founders Marco Cipelli and Sean Martin follow their passion and curiosity as they venture away from the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society to discover new stories worth being told. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. All right. Welcome, everybody. This is Audio Signals on ITSP Magazine. And I hope you're watching the video, unless you're watching and staring at the radio or the or any tool that you use to stream voice because if you're watching the video you're going to see that there is a good 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 friend of mine and also a long time host of the show on ITSP magazine and he's the hacker maker Philip Wiley how are you man good thank you great great to be on with you again I've enjoyed podcasting for ITSP magazine but anytime I have the opportunity to be on with you and Sean is always great I know, I know. It, it always reminds me the day that we met. And it was, uh, I think the anniversary is coming up soon because it was at RSA conference yes. a few years ago in San Francisco. And that was the beginning of a relationship that, uh, that culminated with collaborating on, uh, on ITSP magazine and podcasting. So um, I have to thank Chloe for that. Chloe Mazdagi. Yes. It was the whole thing getting started in pen testing. I mean, not pen testing, but getting started in podcasting and all that just kind of really came from that uh, association with Bug Crowd. You know, I got to meet Chloe th through Bug Crowd. She introduced me to you and Marco, I mean, you and Sean. And uh, it was kind of interesting. I was doing the webinar series for Bug Crowd and you were going to try to record it during DEF CON, but wasn't able to. But anyway, it's just really kind of cool how the, the connection to, connections to all that worked out and it seems such a long time ago and it's it's a few years but uh i would say if we if we're going to talk about podcasting which by the way this is about podcasting we're not going to talk about pen testing we're not going to yeah. talk about hiring we're not going to talk about hacking and stuff oh nice so for the people yeah. listening uh <laughs> Philip has still the uh, <laughs> ITSP magazine little badge that we we gave him at the time. I have a few of those on my hats and my my backpack. So uh, we, we probably need to do some more for for this year coming up at RSA. Uh, but we'll talk about that later, maybe. So uh, Philip, the idea that I had for this um, for this series on audio signals, which is kind of like the side channel for all the fun stuff, all the stuff that I'm curious about and, and the stuff I want to talk about. And, and podcasting is one of those. It's become a, a passion of mine. I, I studied mass media and sociology of communication as a, as a student and always loved radio, old school radio. So when I saw the opportunity that podcasting was really coming out strong as an extension of the radio, I kind of jumped on it. And so I want to start this conversation with, many like you um, that are podcasting. And they, like you said, you didn't even have that in your plan, uh, in your strategy, but then you ended up doing it. And we're also here celebrating your number one, 100 podcast on ITSP Magazine. I have to say you've been 
really consistent in delivering every week an amazing uh, guest uh, after another. And that, that's a sign for me that you really enjoying it. So The Hacker Factory, that's the name of the show. Tell me a little bit about that, how the idea came, and of course, a little bit of your background so people that don't know you, uh, either in the industry or in other industry, uh, know who I am talking about and why I'm so excited to be, to be on with you. Yeah, it's 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 been a lot of fun, and one of the things too for the the listeners is, you know, this even goes back beyond the Hacker Factory because we used to do the Uncommon Journey, Chloe, uh, Alyssa oh, Miller, yeah. and myself. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and that was really good. We had some great guests on, but one of the things we ran into was, you know, people think I'm busy, but when you see how busy Chloe and Alyssa are, <laughs> it's it's amazing. So the three of us trying to schedule ourselves with our guests just really got pretty difficult. So we did it for about a year. And I remember you came with the opportunity of us doing our own podcast, which I, I had a lot of fun with the three of them, but you know, I have a lot of the things I do and you know, that was kind of the spirit of that podcast. The things I do is I'm trying to help people. The show was originally supposed to be geared more towards pen testing and offensive security uh, careers. But one of the things I learned kind of like with the group I started the Pwn School project that meetup. It started out being focused on offensive security, but then you see the need that there's all these other areas of security that needs to be filled, the information needs to be shared, and shouldn't just be so narrow scope. So kind of like the way that turned out, the podcast has gone that direction because there's so many other roles that need to be filled and the stories that need to be told. And I guess I'd have to say the stories are my favorite part about this because a lot of people listen to the podcast are aspiring security professionals or new into their career. But the thing is too, there's a lot of people that have been in their career for a while that love hearing the stories and just the way it resonates with different people encourages and inspires. And fortunately I've been consistent with putting out an episode at least once a week, but also I'm seeing and the reason behind the mission I need to do that is there's so many stories that need to be heard. And if one of the, if each episode only helps one person is worth doing it. So that's kind of the reason I keep trying to do that. I've had, you know, Alyssa Knight, Dave Kennedy, people are really well known in the industry, but it seems like the episodes of the lesser known people are just starting out seem to resonate more with people trying to get into the industry. You know, they've heard all sorts of Alyssa Knight, Dave Kennedy many times over and over again. But when you see these other unknown people or not very well known people, you know, it's really can be inspiring to those that are trying to get in. That that's a great point. And, and I'm going to stick with that for two things. One, you said stories. I think we are all storytellers, even people that don't go as a guest or don't have a, a host position on a podcast. I mean, even when you talk to, to your friends, you're, you're telling story, you know, being in a restaurant, I've met this person and I watched this movie and you give a little summary. So it's, it's part of our DNA. And, and I think that podcasting, uh, it, is, it gives you that freedom to, to, to tell stories that you're interested in. And you mentioned also as, as you start doing that, first of all, I think it comes easier, especially when it's just you. You don't, you don't have to coordinate with another co-host. Mm-hmm. You're just like, like right now, we, we decided the other day, we, I sent you my calendar, you took an invitation. I didn't have to prepare for this. You know, I, I know it's going to be a conversation and hopefully a good story. 
But then as you go, you don't want to be corner, at least this is my my feeling, because your interest can change. Uh, it's kind of like you mature as you have this conversation. And maybe from one conversation, you start seeing that, hey, that's another topic I could I could cover. And as you're saying, kind of like your vision starts to, to open and, and probably even go outside the industry, I, I think. I mean, you may be interested in telling stories that are still inspiring people. So what, what's uh, what is it that you've learned in this 100 podcast with your guest and, and also about yourself and where you want to go with the next 1,000 or 10,000? Yeah, one of the things I've kind of learned, and fortunately, I had this effect early on is the best compliment I ever get from a guest is that I made them feel comfortable. And one of one of my more recent episodes, I interviewed someone that's been in the industry for a while, pretty well known. Uh, I'm not going to uh, spoil it for anyone yet to know who it is. They'll have to listen to see who this particular person is. But this person has presented at conferences, been on panels, been on webinars, been on podcasts. And he said, at the end of it, that went really well. He said, I was expecting to get grilled because I guess some people that do these podcasts is almost like a technical interview. So making people feel comfortable, I really want them to, it's about them. I want them to be able to give the best perspective of their story and their advice to, you know, they're the star of the show and I want that to be seen. And one of the things this kind of plays into one of the things I like to do along with teaching and mentoring, I love to make introductions to people I'm constantly introducing people I know at conferences or virtually to other people that maybe they reach out to me for mentorship or looking for different resources, but people that I could see would really help them to know I like making those introductions. And so the cool thing about this, I'm able to make those introductions on a global scale to people that don't know me. They don't know my, don't have my LinkedIn uh, information and my Twitter. They find me through the different podcast platforms. And that's the beauty of podcasting, much like publishing a book. Because there's ways that Which you can you get have to done. people. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So it's like you're able to connect with people that no other way. So that's why I highly recommend if you want, if you're interested to write a book, write a book. If you want a podcast, podcast, because you're able to reach people otherwise that you never would have reached. When I was at Black Hat Europe, I ran into people that had listened to my podcast. And it's, I see people that I meet through doing the podcast. And it's really cool because one of the things I love doing is making friends and connecting with people. This has been an extension of that effort. That's really cool. And I feel the same. I mean, I, honestly, especially do, during the, the year of the pandemic, it, it got me connected. It kept me in touch with reality. Even if it's a digital reality, it's still a reality. We can still talk to each other in real time. We can go live sometimes with the shows. And, uh, you know, and, and honestly, make friendship. I saw many times you post on Twitter or Mastodon now or any other places where you, you go to an event and then you, your post usually is, here's a picture of me with this person that we've been already knowing each other for a long time and we finally get to meet. So it's kind of like, it, it, it like the, the line in the sand, it's more and more blur because, I mean, you still know someone even if you never met him. How do you feel about this when you run into people that are like, oh, my God, it's uh, it's Phil. <laughs> I definitely love the in-person interactions so much. It's kind of hard to replace. But one of the things I've I've learned from the pandemic and all the emphasis, heavy emphasis on virtual relationships and interactions, messaging and all that is that 
you know, I value those connections more because when you meet the people in person, it's like you've known them forever. It's not like this is the first time you met in person. So it's been, it's been a good experience. And one of the things I really value and, and has encouraged me to, you know, keep it up and do even more. Very cool. So let's talk, uh, if you if you wish, uh, share some of this information. Um, you know, th- again, I, like I said, one of the reasons why I'm doing this is because I want to have this the beginning of a series with other podcasters that come on my show and talk to me about what they podcast about, why they do it, but also, you know, the 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 good things, the bad things, the, the what it comes easy, what it doesn't come easy, and and uh. I would like from you to hear what your story, <laughs> stick with the story, has been. Like, did it come easy to you to start from scratch because you were already a speaker and somebody that was teaching in classes? Do you feel like you got better as you were going? Did you change your style? And, you know, even from a tech perspective, you know, the whole recording, editing, and all of that. I mean, kind of like your evolution let's say in, in podcasting sure. so that maybe people are thinking and i know a lot of people are thinking to start podcasting uh, right now they get an idea of what it means to start from from scratch yeah it's it wasn't too difficult because of public speaking you know speaking at conferences teaching and that sort of thing and it was not as difficult to start out but i did learn some lessons lessons along the way it's been fairly enjoyable. And I would say the only times it gets kind of difficult and there's times you kind of reach the burnout stage for anyone that does conference speaking, attends a lot of conferences. Once we get into fourth quarter, there are so many conferences because you have, you know, cybersecurity awareness months. There's a lot of conferences around that. So there's a lot of conferences that fourth quarter and just the accumulation of the travel and speaking all year long, you start to kind of get burnout and it gets kind of difficult to do. But one of the things that keeps me to continue doing it is as long as people are getting something good out of it, I'll keep doing it. So now it's interesting now how many messages I get on LinkedIn or people connect with me because they found the podcast. So that's encouragement to keep going. But what I've kind of learned to work around that is in phases I know that I'm wanting to break, I will make sure to record several episodes in advance. So that way I can have like, if I want a month off, or the last two weeks of the year, I can take that off because I've got all my podcasts recorded ahead of time. So it's a matter of planning around those those times. And for other people, it may be other times of the year that's more busy, depending on the industry they're in or just other things they got going on in their personal life. So just scheduling in advance around that. There's been times that I've got guests like a day or two before the podcast was going to be uh, posted, you know, be published. So it's been kind of last minute, but kind of doing that in more advanced kind of you know, lowers the stress. And, and just also too, one of the things I've learned too, was a good uh, lesson I kind of learned from doing a webinar. And it kind of made me think back to the podcast I did with Alyssa and Chloe, because, uh, you know, we'd ask questions on our Chloe had a rapid fire questions that she'd do at the end of the show. And I had someone on one of the last webinar series I did for bug crowd. I had this guy on and we're going through it with bug crowd, the, the flow of it, all this. And he said, don't put it like a question, make it conversational. So that's something, a lesson that stuck with me that I make sure to do. I don't say, I got a question for you. I ask the question, make it conversational, make it flow better. Because what you're going to do there is you're going to have more content and spending less time trying to come up with things. If you just do question and answer, 
it's going to be hard to fill that 30 minutes or whatever. But if you make a conversation of it, and I've also learned to kind of let things flow. I've got a basic framework that I use and this comes in more handy with someone that's less experienced. I've had people on the show that hadn't been on many podcasts, hadn't spoke much, not very experienced. And you have to ask them a lot of questions and that's fine. But learning how to ask the questions, making it conversational can make a good experience for someone that's new Someone that's more experienced, it's not as difficult. So I have these basic questions that I ask during the podcast, things I discuss. In a lot of cases, if someone's experienced, we don't have to even touch on that. Or if they're talking about other things uh, that are interesting, maybe this show would be a lot different than others. We go down that path and do that. And so that's it's been fun. And I really like the ones where it's it gets more from the structure of the show and it's more just free and, you know, it's a conversation where I get a lot of good out of it because I get to know these people, hear their stories and learn some good advice. Yeah, I, I share 100 percent all you said. I mean, I have many times where the PR agency would ask me, can you give me the question for the, the guest? And I'm like, I, I don't know. I don't even know <laughs> what I'm going to <laughs> ask. But I know that this is the topic we're going to talk about. And I know that this person wrote a book about it. I'm pretty sure they know the topic. Okay? If this person is a professor, and, and even if I don't know anything about something, when I have like physicists or quantum scientists, then I don't know much about it. I just put myself in the audience um, shoes, and, I, and I'm like, what would the audience want to know now? So I never really know where, where it's going. But um, have you ever had situation that you really felt like you don't need to we're not naming anyone, but situation <laughs> that I had, like where you really are like, I don't know where to go anymore with this because maybe the guest is not as talkative because that's the situation that, <laughs> that I yes. found myself. How, how do you, how do you move around that? I've had that happen a few times, but fortunately just kind of getting used to it. It's not as bad anymore. Cause I've had mm. some earlier podcasts that I had people on that hadn't had experience with that or not had experience speaking having to ask him a lot of questions. But the funny thing is I've had totally the opposite. I had two guests that I brought on. I introduced them and it doesn't bother me because the more they talk, the better it is. That's what the people yeah. want to hear. And so there's been a couple episodes that I've had. I introduced the guests and it's like a conference presentation. They gave their life story, gave all their advice with minimal interaction for me, which is fine, but it's just, it's kind of funny to look back on to see that but yeah you just have to try to listen to the to the person and hear what they're they're talking about and then dig more into that and and you know so it's just kind of hard to explain but just i've just kind of learned how to how to go with that and and i try to keep my episodes kind of short there's some episodes i've had 45 minutes if it's going good i just really don't want to cut them off so keep going but i usually try yeah. to keep them around 30 so it keeps the listeners attention one of the things I find nowadays too is, you know, they say like commute times for most people may be like 30 minutes. So you really don't want them to have to listen to the second half of your podcast on the way home because life happens and they don't listen to it. So I'll make sure they get all that in. But if you really think about the things that are popular now with uh, like on YouTube, they do the YouTube shorts because TikTok and Instagram videos are shorter. People's attention spans are shorter. So I think be able to feel interesting interesting information in uh, a minimum amount of time, not too minimum, but you know what I'm saying? Just that way uh, people don't get bored. I think people's attention spans are shorter nowadays. They really, yeah. they want this and they want to move on to the next thing. Yeah. And keep like uh, scrolling and see the next 
30 seconds yeah. video. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, <laughs> I, I have to say that in that case, I'm like you. I have kind of like the soft spot for me is about, you know, 30 minutes. It could be 25 to 35. But then if I have two guests, if it's a panel, it can even go to an hour. But if I have two guests, and especially if Sean is with me, then make four of us, then, you know, it's okay to go to 45 because you get a, you, you have to give the opportunity to everybody to to talk. But that's where you got to draw you draw a line. And Sean is known for being one more question. It's kind of like, you know, the Steve Jobs, one more thing. He's the one more mm. question and I have to kind of like cut him off. Because you know, I, I'm concerned about people listening as well. But I'm used to listening Audible, so I know that I can go and stop and mm-hmm. start it again. But I, I like the idea to keep it, it the right amount. And, and for everybody, it's going to be different. I, I don't know what is the right amount. I don't think there is a science behind it. But what, what do you think about like So you go into uh, every week, and that's something I want to talk to you about. Because my, a lot of people, when they ask me, they start podcasting. How can I strategize this? I don't have the time to do it that much. So you do it every week, which, in my opinion, it's it's quite a bit for someone that is only job is <laughs> not podcasting. So if I don't record at least two podcasts every day, I feel like I didn't work enough. But that's what I do, right? And you know, I maintain the website and all that kind of stuff. But for someone that is bringing the podcast into his, her, their personal brand and, and make networking and connection and all of that. Do you feel like once a week, like you do, it's, it's a little bit like of a commitment? Um, and what is, on your opinion, the soft spot to be consistent with your audience? And also talking about that, how then you engage with your audience in terms of letting them know who's coming up, using your social media. Because, I mean, let's, let's face it, you, you have thousands of listeners. So um, there's a lot of experience there that, that, that seems that you're doing the right thing. So how, how do you evaluate what can you do, what is ideally working for you, and, and how you get your audience to stick with that consistent I would recommend anyone is wanting to start out. One thing it's, I like to make a lot of comparisons to fitness related stuff and, and regiments, you know, you want to make sure it's something you can stick to. So if you start out podcasting and you try to do once a week, you may get burnout and stop. So if you're starting out, maybe do every two weeks or, or once a month. But for me, I think to really be successful and have the audience is there's gotta be something there. Cause I feel like if I don't put out an episode then they hear another podcast and that fills that time slot. And so I want, and for the people that are, you know, loyal listeners, I want to make sure that they're constantly getting content to listen to. So that's one of the reasons I do it. It's mainly just to build the the number of listeners and maintain the loyalty of the listeners I have out there. I don't, I kind of feel like if you miss, sometimes if you something, you know, if you're listening to podcast series, a lot of times people drop off and some of it could be just maybe they didn't, put out an episode that week or you'd something happened, you didn't see it. So I feel like it's important to constantly put out the content, but it really gets to it sometimes that there's so many guests that I get that in guests, future guests that I identify that it's like sometimes once a week is almost not enough sometimes, but you know, <laughs> it's kind of hard to, to commit to more and keep up with that. So it's, 
Yeah, yeah, I know. I think once a week, it's uh, I think twice a month, it's it's good to start. But that's mm -hmm. my opinion, kind of the minimum, because once a month is already, unless you're really producing something kind of like a BBC documentary podcast, um, then then you become a you know maybe a little too far away one from another. Talking about production, um, I, I know you have the right tech you had it from the beginning actually i copied myself one of the <laughs> things if you were watching the video they see we have the same mic and and i think we have the same uh the same mixer too but yeah. um do you do you spend a lot of time in in post-production because that's another thing that many times come up it's like oh I, i i don't know how to edit i don't know how to make this ready and make it sound right so is there some tips or things that you learn as you're going that make that easy? Do you edit post-product a lot or, or you keep it as candid as possible, the conversation? I try to keep it candid as possible. And one of the things also too, this is kind of laziness is I don't really <laughs> want to have to do, do a lot of editing and cutting things up. I try to make it easy as possible because I know it's going to be easy for me to continue to put out an episode a week. So I try to make things fairly simple I used to use, I started out using Zoom to record and then I ran into something I found out later on. Maybe there was this feature added later or it was there. I didn't realize it is I had one episode one time that I'd sent to you and, and one of the, the speaker was really low or really loud. And my, you know, the, the, the audio for each track didn't really line up and I was only doing a single track recording So I ended up going over to Restream and using Restream because for a while I was streaming on Twitch too, uh, like once a week. So I went to that because you can use the different separate tracks, which works out good if you need to edit a track, remove something, noise in, in their background, or maybe if they slip up and say something later on, we think, eh, we need to remove that. You're, it's a lot easier to go back and edit. But one of the things I kind of found while doing it, using Restream is they started offering a, an option in Restream to edit in Descript. And so mm. that made my flow a lot easier. So I export Descript. Descript creates a transcript, and that makes it nice. So if I need an actual transcript, then I've got the transcript there. Uh, I will take the transcript and feed it into chat GPT and say, <laughs> how can I create a, a good title or summary based off this transcript? And it makes things a little better because one of the things – I didn't realize at first, once I got access to some of the stats, I saw some of my very best episode ever was a former coworker of mine. And he started out in IT, wanted to move into digital forensics. He was taking all these courses to get into digital forensics, decided to take a pen testing course to make him a better forensics analyst. And what he found out is he liked that better. And so he moved into pen testing. So the title of his episode was The Accidental Pen Tester. And that's got the most listens. And I really didn't get it later on. Once I started analyzing things, seeing the number of listens, really, okay, it's the title. So I started using like things like chat GPT to try to improve, improve that. I know some other areas I need to work on, improve more is work on the, the SEO for the podcast episodes to make sure that's better. But I think keeping a simple flow, make it easy to edit because you can go in and do a lot of fancy things and cut up. But I try to make sure I do everything in one cut. If someone says, Hey, could you remove this? That's easy. And I do that. But that's one of the more difficult things I say when you're starting out is going back, editing and removing things. But once you kind of get used to it and you have the right software, it, it works pretty well. 
And to be honest, audio editing is not as bad as video editing. Video editing, it's way more time consuming. So yeah. I, I have to say, sometimes I let the video go the way it is. And, uh, and maybe if there is some, you know, tightening of space in between uh, a conversation, I'll, I'll edit it on the audio because it's a lot easier. But to be honest, again, uh, unless something really happened, and it still happened, somebody drops from from the connect the connection drop the wi-fi goes kind of weird and um then yeah i mean you make a note and you go to the back and and edit that but yeah uh, i i like candid conversation um, yeah. unless you're really uh, sometimes things can get a little overproduced you know kind of like yes. okay you're trying too hard here i can i know you reduce the the silence too much uh when you listen to it so Oh, that's that's really good. Um, I guess the last thing that, and again, I, I'm trying to. Right now, I'm, I'm using you, using uh, using you as my uh, guinea pig, in in finding you know the the right question to ask to all the other podcasters that will come to the show. The the promotion part, you know, you you talk about uh, transcript, uh, chat GTP, the the meaning of. I mean, the value of the title in the search engine optimization, which has always been that secret sauce that nobody knows about. But I have to say that I'm like you. I try to use the new technology to make things easier. So compare with a few years ago, now to get a transcript that is decent, uh, not completely screwed up, that you have to spend so much time in doing it, it's relatively a small investment that I think you can do also for accessibility because, you know, there is people that they can't listen to your podcast, so they, they can read it. Or, you know, if it's the other way around, artificial intelligence is really helping us on that, yeah. on that field. But then there is the, the promotion. So keeping, sharing, you know, we, we do it as ITSP Magazine. Uh, we jumped on each other posts. I mean, how do you engage with it? With the audience to keep it to keep it alive because it's not just about creating content it's then it's sharing it too yes that's what you, sharing on social media is a, is a big thing but one of the things i kind of learned from gary vaynerchuk uh, a friend of mine turned me on to gary v back in 2012 i got a couple of his books because he's got some really good social media marketing advice and one of the biggest tips i learned from him that i use just on building my brand and my social media uh accounts is interacting with your audience. So if someone asks questions, people comment, it's good to try. Sometimes it's impossible to reply to everything, but try to reply because people, if they get the sense, you know, if you show them you care, they're going to be more loyal than I'm just a number or whatever listener number 1000 and I'm not important, but I, you know, I value people and, and want them to, to know they're important. So interacting with people, and plus, it's a side effect is building a loyal listening base, talking to people, they're going to be more likely to share. If they like you in your podcast, they're going to share. People just like you in general, they're going to, they'll share. So just kind of interacting with those people when you meet, you know, when you're out at conferences and stuff, let people know that, you know, you're at RSA or Black Hat or whatever, if you want to meet and try to meet up with people. And, and that's been yeah. the kind of my success. Yeah, and I think I think that's what I love about you, man, and that's why we, you know, we're, we're good friend outside of podcasting as well. Is because 
I feel like I'm the same. It, this is me. If you don't like me, I'm sorry. Go listen to someone else. I, I try to be nice. <laughs> I try to <laughs> to to support uh, the industry or any anything I talk about. And, and you, as you said, if you can change one person attitude out of a thousands or many thousand and listen, it make it makes what you do worth it for sure. So. Because we've been talking about how long a podcast should be, we're just hitting 31 minutes right now. So <laughs> I don't, I don't want to go against everything <laughs> we said. Uh, but I want to give you uh, one last uh, uh, you know, space for you to kind of like tease what, 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 where do you see the hacker factory and, and the hacker maker go in the, in the next year? Um, you said maybe you're going to broaden the conversation, but... Uh, What's in the future for your listeners? Sure. Some of the ideas I've had is, you know, doing things on, on YouTube, maybe even starting a second podcast, because one of the things I think broader topics are good, but I think with the platform, the focus is on cybersecurity to keep it around that may, maybe start something else different because one of the things I see is just some of the messages and things we can share in the stories. The stories are the best part of it. And so I think if you had like a, like a series that you just interview different people from different areas of life and different professions. I think that that's good information, but I don't see ever, you know, I can't imagine stopping this because as I go out places and meet more people, it's just, yeah, I can't see because people are getting something good out of it. I get good feedback for me at times. I don't really understand it. It just, I'm surprised that people like the show as much as they do. So, and so people are liking it. I still want to keep, keep doing it. So. Well, I, I am not. So for once, I was <laughs> right. <laughs> well, Philip, uh, I really enjoyed this conversation. I am excited to for this to be not only the celebration for your 100 episode, which people can already listen uh, because it's out there on the Hacker Factor and ITSP Magazine. They can also get in touch with you because you have a profile as a host and there will be the link on the notes of this podcast. Some AI is going to take care of that. Um, and also, I would like to take this opportunity to invite, actually, people that have a podcast. I don't care how small or how big it is. And if you're feeling like sharing your experience and the reason why you do podcasting may be different from the one that Philip outlined. But I feel like if we're there and we want to share a story, I think we all want to do something positive. And so I, I'm going to be idealistic and, and positive for for once and uh and anyway just get in touch with uh, with me with itsp magazine there is a a, a link uh that asks you why would you want to be a guest on itsp magazine and mention the fact that you're a podcaster and I, I'm, I'm looking forward to have many more of this conversation so stay tuned philip Best of luck with everything you do um i am very very honored to be your friend and to be on this journey with you. Oh, thank you. And thank you for having me on. It's an honor to be your friend too. I've, I really liked the mission of ITSP magazine from the beginning, because one of the things I like is the promotion of positivity, the promotion of uh, inclusion. I think it's just a great message yes. that you're sending. You know, we need more positivity in the world. I would say if anyone wants to do anything, adopt a habit for the new year or a habit to, to take up from now on is, is just be nice to other people. You just be amazed at what comes from being nice to other people. It just comes back to you tenfold. And 
we're just making the world a better place, you know, because attitudes are infectious. If you're in a bad mood, you yell at someone, they give you the wrong order at the restaurant, then that person goes off and they're in a bad mood around everyone else. But if you're just nice to someone instead, if you've got a compliment, share that, you know, be positive and we need more of that in this world. Agreed. And if you have an audience, use it wisely. That's, uh, that's another thing you can do. Again, thank you so much. I'm going to let you go with your day and 35 minutes. We're going to cut it right here. <laughs> bye bye, everybody. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Audio Signals. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share ITSPMagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society, and some even beyond that.